0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. Hi, Ten. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm excited to kind of just shoot the shit today and hang out. I know we had an incredible last podcast with Pocahontas, who was you know, able to just educate so many of us on ETR, close practices, and all of that. I learned so much, and I hope everybody else did as well.
0: Yeah. Also, this is like my gentle reminder because we did get a lot of feedback around this episode, which was awesome. If you weren't thinking of listening to that episode, because you don't think you can relate, we don't just talk about ATR, which one, it's always good to open up your mind and expand to a new practice. Mm -hmm. Um, But Polka also talks about her own spiritual experience and what it was like going down her path and some of the trials and tribulations. And, you know, one of the burning questions that we that we talk about, which 10 and I are going to talk about today is why did we keep going when we had to go through literal fires and hell and back to kind of get to where we are. And Polka talks about her experience, finding herself on her path and some of the trials and tribulations. So it's not just about ATR, which you should familiarize yourself with anyway. We always want to share platforms with people who are teachers and mentors in their own right. But it also was an interesting... um, conversation, um, for new practitioners and those of you that might feel lost or, you know, don't know where you're going.
1: Yeah. It was really nice to, you know, I will be the first to say, I didn't know much about ATR and, you know, what really that entailed. And learning about it, you see the similarities that you share with your own practice. You know, Chelsea and I both grew up in the sphere of Catholicism. So for us, you know, just listening to what she had to say, it was like, oh, like I can see how that kind of, you know, took from Catholicism, Abrahamic tradition and all of that. Um, But yeah, it was really interesting, but I'm... I'm excited for today because we're kind of going to be hitting some heavier topics of, you know, burnout, both spiritual and like physical, talking some spooky, scary stories, all the good things. So maybe I'll scare myself again this time.
0: I know. And, um, I'm excited that we don't have to like talk about research this time. Cause anytime we do like a mythological episode or we're talking about archeology or, or anything historic, we always brush up, but this we're just kind of like shooting the shit. So like grab a drink, hang out. I have my coffee and my water. And y'all know, I have one more scary paranormal experience to talk about, which I've talked about in my lives before, but I don't know what the fuck kind of spiritual path I had in this lifetime. But when you guys hear this story, I've, feel like you're not going to think it's real. You're going to be like, no way that Chelsea has gone through this much. The answer is yes way. I have. And this is the whole point. Our whole theme today is why do we keep going? Because when I tell you my story or when 10 shares one of hers, you're going to be like, I would have just turned around and said, tip, tip and a doodly doo. Like (laughs) I got to get out of here.
1: Thank you. And good night. No, but it's so funny because, you know, I know we're gonna get into it, but like one of mine is more, you know, in the, you know, physical world. Like, why was I doing this? But when we were talking about, you know, do we have any scary stories? And I'm like, do I have scary stories? I don't know, but I keep forgetting that. Like, what people consider taboo, what people consider like weird and creepy and not normal, that's everyday kind of life for Chelsea and I. So we kind of forget what isn't yeah. normal. <laughs>
0: No, absolutely. And I think my whole awakening of like, what was not normal was when I share my stories with my dad and he is a spirit, you know, everyone loves my dad. If you haven't listened to that bonus episode, Mm -hmm. he's super spiritual. He's always on my mediumship lives. He's into it. He's into it. The man's is here for it. We did a paranormal investigation in Gettysburg on Patreon. So he, he's into the taboo, but sometimes I tell him things and he's like, what the fuck goes on in your life? You know what I mean? Like I have to sometimes take a step outside of my spirituality and be like, you're right. Like that to a normal person is scary. Is crazy. Is absolutely insane. Is how do you wake up every day and live your life? But it's really good to have people in your life that ground you back down to earth. Because I feel like even when we talked to Kevin, he's like,
1: yeah, we talked to Kevin all the time. He's like, what
0: are you guys talking about? What
1: the fuck is that?
0: <laughs> like the time we went to the, um, that witch fair and Kevin got attacked by a random spirit and you and I were like, ah, it's fine. We'll fix it. And he was like, is it okay? Am I hurt? (laughs) Am I going to die? Like he went into like full like horror movie. Like I'm
1: infected. I'm patient zero. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah. And the thing is like, this is, I never want to glamorize, um, the spiritual gifts that we have having sight being able to see spirits being able to hear them because we are going to talk about spiritual burnout because as we're recording today's episode 10 and i actually can't channel at all we are spiritually kaput we are done (laughs) yeah they really said enough (laughs) yeah so um you know, there is a lot, and I know we say this all the time, but anytime I go and tell a crazy story and it's funny now in the moment, and we're going to laugh about it, it was terrifying when I went through it. I wanted to give up. And at one time I actually thought my gifts were a curse. I did not actually want them. I thought it was way too much to handle the amount of energetic energy we output every day. Um, the balance between the spiritual and the physical, and also making sure you don't go insane is another thing. So Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of work, but, um, before we dive into spiritual burnout, our scary stories, do you have any updates? How are you? What's been going on in your life? Doing anything fun? I'm good. Um,
1: trying to take a little bit more time for myself. I recently went through a literal hellfire, uh, dissertation-wise. Yes. So one day I will spill all of the ancient tea about that. Um, but I hate you know, to say I was here for your uh Oh, Chelsea was there. Chelsea witnessed it firsthand. Academic power moment.
0: I was literally in the same room as you.
1: Yeah, you were. And like, I thank all of the gods for that because I had you, I had Kevin. So like, I literally like the day slash weekend that this, you know, transpired over, I was in great hands, but like mentally was not well. Like I will be the first one to admit that. And, you know, I hope one day to talk about, you know, a different type of burnout, you know, in the future of academic burnout, because that's so real and it is a, a real scary thing. So I've been trying to take, you know, a little bit more time for me, which is hard because, you know, Chelsea and I are like straight workhorses. Like mm-hmm. if we're not doing it, we feel like we're not doing enough. Hence imposter syndrome comes in. But um I've actually been playing a lot of overcooked with my sister. So Um, she got a switch for Christmas. So we've been playing like online together. It's a cooking game. It's super stressful, but it's super fun. Um, So I've just been like enjoying that kind of stuff and, you know, really just trying to come back to me and take care of my mental health. Um, And I don't think that's talked about enough, whether it's in the spiritual, whether it's in the physical academic realm, you have to take care of your mental health. It is such a huge thing. As we always say, you know, we are pro therapy, pro medication,
0: you know, you have to take care of you because there's only one of you. Yeah, right and if you're not working, you can't do the work that you need to do. Exactly. So, but how I get are that. <laughs> I I I'm, I'm feeling really shitty today, I'm not going to lie. Um I don't and we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to spiritual burnout, but I feel like I've had a hangover for like 5 days straight and I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't go to a party. I didn't drink anything. It's a spiritual hangover and I have like this building pressure up in my head where like my sight is. And it hurts so bad. Like I can't even channel anybody. If I were to go do a mediumship reading right now, I'd fall over. Like there's I disintegrate. Um, so I I am very much taking care of myself, but I too have been getting well, not getting back into I've been playing a ton of video games. I 10 brought up a good point today. She was like, you should talk about like a little segment, maybe when you buy a new video game, you know, talk about it. Cause I feel like a lot of you are gamers or you're trying to find a hobby and I'm a cozy gamer. I don't really love, um, any like crazy video games. I like things that I can has a good story. Um, you know, management, which, you know, you have a to-do list and you have to do things. Cause if I'm not working here, I'm going to work in a video game. I know. I think you should just be like, um,
1: here's your cozy game by Chelsea segment.
0: Yeah. So I'll give you a cozy game I've been playing. And a lot of you have recommended this one to me, but I I just wasn't ready for it yet. So I just bought potions permit, which I think was $17 on the switch. It's so awesome. You basically are this chemist that comes to this new town and the villagers have like a gripe with you because the last chemist they sent over basically messed everything up and like ruined all their native plants so you have to like repair relationships while still healing people in the town and it's so fun it's like a little witchy and um the graphics are so cozy Ugh, I love that honestly Kevin's been on the lookout for like
1: like witchy cozy games recently and I'm like I don't know if I'm ready to play those like some of them are really sad and I don't need to cry more than I already am
0: Yeah. So I mentioned another recommendation of mine. And by the way, these games are for anybody, any level. If you don't even like know if you like video games, these are video games you should definitely try. I'm a big Mm -hmm. proponent of gaming and a lot of people think it's childish or lame, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the kind of person that has a really active mind. And when I am resting, I need to still kind of actively be doing something because of my anxiety. So when I get lost in a video game, like hours go by. Oh my God. Yeah. And rain is just kind of like calming down. So it's a lot of fun, but spirit Farer, I've mentioned it on this one. Um, you get to take Sharon's place, which is if you listen to our necromancy episode, um, he is the one that ferry souls over and you have to complete the soul's final request. And they're like cute animals. Then you cross them over and I cried, but it's, it's so good. <laughs>
1: Yeah. When you told me about one of them, I would have been sobbing. I'm sorry. Like I would have cried my fake lashes
0: off. (laughs) I did cry, but it was just like the game, the, the animation, like the graphics is so pretty. So Spiritfarer is incredible. And if any of you have that game, let us know. Um, it's my favorite. So I love it. Oh yeah. I need to get back into it and just like do some more like cozy games like that. Yeah. We're here for the cozy vibes. It's winter here. Oh, by the way, quick store plug for those of you that see me on YouTube, or maybe you haven't been to YouTube yet. And if you haven't, Mm -hmm. make sure you subscribe to our channel. We are trying to build up a platform over there too. Um, But I am wearing the Reaper beanie that we saw in the store. I am wearing it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. So I know we didn't really get to talk about it, but it actually has like this metal pin on it. This isn't like engraved or anything. It's actually a pin. And I think it looks so cool even on camera right now. It Um, does. I like the metal pin so much better than I think I do engraving sometimes. And you can move mm-hmm. it around. Like if you want to move it over here, if you want to take it off, you can. Um, to wash it, so mm-hmm. I love it. It's in our store if you want it. Um, Ted and I have been wearing the shit out of it.
1: Oh yeah, winter is beanie central. Um, also because I have like about a
0: pound and a half of dry shampoo in my hair right now. So <laughs> same. I don't want to wash my hair, but I have to. I don't. So what is on the agenda today, Chelsea? So we're going to, I think we should talk about spiritual burnout first and then, you know, we'll keep you hanging to the end for the uh, paranormal story. I, I literally like, I laugh every time I get on this podcast and we have to, we're talking about something paranormal and I'm like, I have a story for that. And it's like the craziest, most insane story. This is my last one. I promise I don't have any more maybe you guys will journey with me into the next one but this one was fucking traumatizing not as bad as the parasite episode I will say that this one's a little bit funnier true and every time Chelsea's like I have a great paranormal story I'm over here like
1: do I I don't think so
0: <laughs> And you you've had sight longer than I have so I'm like you must in that brain of yours have to unlock a memory and have some sort of paranormal story <laughs> you have to it's just television snow up
1: in my brain. Let's be honest. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, anyway, the theme of our podcast today is why the fuck did we keep going on our spiritual journey? Because we're going to talk about spiritual burnout right now. And this is, this is a very real thing. And we've mentioned it plenty of times. Um, If you have, if you avidly follow us, you buy readings from us, you know, 10 and I did live channeled readings um mm-hmm. last week for three hours. <laughs> so yeah. then the next day, right? Here we go let me set the scene. We had to record a podcast episode with a guest, right? So we had to make sure we were taking steps to ensure that all went smoothly. Edit the podcast episode for Monday. And then that night we had to do a new moon ritual where we actually invoked Hecate. So you can imagine where we are right now on Tuesday, January 24th. Dead. 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 I think I'm just a walking shade. Like you will have to perform necromancy to
1: retrieve us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And even the week leading up to that, I was doing mediumship readings, readings. We had the store. So um, we've reached our energetic limit. And when you are practicing in spirituality, you have to make sure you're taking breaks because Mm -hmm. I can't channel right now. And that's okay. Like this was all cleared. I clear everything with my spirit team, my spirits that I work with they knew this was going to happen. They were like, it's fine. But now you got to take a massive break. Yup. Exactly. And if you don't
1: take a massive break, I think one, it truly just, you know, takes down all of your kind of like defenses, natural defenses. You might find that you get more headaches. You might, you know, get sick, you know, Chelsea went through a whole thing a few years ago with that and it's just good to take breaks. You know, we were always a proponent of resting is just as important as the entire rest of the working process, whether it be, you know, on whatever your spiritual path may be, whether it's in, you know, the real world in your physical life that too.
0: Yeah. You need to set boundaries too, especially like mm-hmm. I haven't left my house. I'm not gonna lie, except to go grocery shopping. Cause I'm so tired and like. I know the line of work that I do requires a lot of energy. Um, so I know that I don't want to talk to people because like it's the last thing I want to do. I can barely even think my migraine is so bad right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so just make sure you're taking care of yourself. But I kind of want to go back to the beginning. Like, what is spiritual burnout? Like, what are some symptoms of spiritual burnout? And 10, yours might range from mine. So do you have any symptoms of when you know, spiritually, I'm about to burn out and I can't do anymore, you know?
1: Yeah. I think a big proponent for me that I'm like, hey, yo, like we got to pump the brakes right now um, is when I develop really crazy mental brain fog. Yes. That's one I
0: didn't even think of, but I have.
1: And it feels like you're almost like trudging through like quicksand on like a super foggy day, like with no visibility, like that's what it feels like.
0: Yes. I also would say too, Um, I start to get really disinterested in the work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. really disinterested. Like if I'm trying to learn something new or I've been doing a lot of spiritual work or even witchcraft, I get really disinterested and want to give up and not want to do it. So that is usually one of my first signs of like, you know, I love channeling, but after Friday, I was like, I do not want to channel a single spirit ever again, ever, ever (laughs) again. I was like, I'm done. I'm going to go work somewhere else. I'm tired. (laughs) can't do it. Well, I think another
1: one that, you know, both of us kind of talked about over the weekend was we both woke up and felt like we had been 21 years old at a frat house again. Like, yeah, you all know that we rarely drink and it felt like I had been drinking throughout the night and just (laughs) raving like back in my good old college days, like going out to the club, going out to the
0: frat house, not wearing a jacket and just... (laughs) dancing on bars. Yeah. Making poor life decisions. I know. I called you the next morning and I was like, I can't explain this, but I feel like I'm hungover, but we didn't drink last night. And you were like, me too. Like we were like having, we were spiritually partying instead. So (laughs) you might not feel it on that scale, but when you go to do a spell work or a ritual, or you're doing a ton of divination, um, be careful because I think sometimes people forget that you're putting your energy into it. And if you're not used to it, it can be kind of overwhelming. I remember when I did my first like big ritual and maybe Mm -hmm. you're not a ritual person, but I I was doing my first ritual. Um, and I remember waking up the next morning and I was like, why do I feel like I got hit by a bus? And I was concerned, right? I'm always putting the normal before the paranormal. And I had just genuinely had to learn over time with the guidance of like my, the spirits and deities that I work with that you're burning out, man. Like you gotta, you can't be doing this, you know, especially when you're not used to that kind of energy. Oh, absolutely. I think
1: another one that kind of goes like both like with your job in real life, both the physical and the spiritual is, you you know, if you have a roommate, um, you're living with your spouse, your partner, anything like that. I get snippy, like anything like Kevin could breathe wrong and I am ready to pull up and I'm going (laughs) to, I love him to death, but I literally will look at him and be like, I'm going to need you to not. I'm going to need you to stop that right now. (laughs) Go
0: buy a house down the street and never come back. (laughs) I'm going to need you to leave. I know. I know. Pluto, poor Pluto. He's like, uh, he has separation anxiety. And when I, I know what you mean, I get overstimulated and I'm just like, get away from me. He likes to curl up right next to me. And for some reason, like the touch of his fur just was pissing me off. And then he starts cleaning himself and the lick. I'm like, my brain is gonna explode. I can barely hear my own thoughts. The last thing I want to do is hear you clean yourself on the couch, you know. But you can't get mad at him because he's like just being Pluto, just being a spooky boy. But I'm like, man, I have to. Mommy has to go on vacation. Mommy's done. Tapping, tapping out. Tapping out. Okay. I'm just so- gonna have to go lock myself in the bathroom and just have a me moment. <laughs> yeah. So. What are some ways, you know, that you kind of combat your spiritual burnout? Is there anything that you specifically do? I know we do sometimes things really differently. I just figured out something that I did today that was weird that I didn't even realize until recently. So,
1: I mean, one thing that it's not like spiritual burnout, but it's to kind of make sure that I'm not kind of continually carrying energy on me like a spiritual sham wow, is after any (laughs) mediumship or reading live kind of deal i will as soon as we're done i click end chelsea will text me how she's feeling and i'm texting her brb i'm running to the shower and when i tell you i'm running to my shower like i have just come into contact with patient zero of a little pandemic
0: like It's so weird how like everybody is super different. So this could be like, if you're doing client readings or you're doing a spell working, or you you're just doing a reading for a friend, some people just like have to cut that energetic cord immediately. Like I know people that when they do spiritual work full time, they actually do spiritual baths after they do like appointments. I actually don't do that. I have things in place that I do in my house that kind of prevent someone's energy from attaching to me, but it's interesting. That's what you do. So I wish I had like the jackets and pants that I could just like rip off. Yeah. You just throw them in the garbage. Burn them off. Wish I had that kind of money. Just rip my clothes off and burn them. Like <laughs> Just buy a new, buy a new set. Um, but one of the weird things that I did today that I didn't even realize, I woke up this morning and I was like, my room feels terrible. Like the energy in this room feels like I'm crawling out of my skin. I woke up ripped all of the sheets off my bed and I had been doing spiritual work this weekend did laundry washed my comforter I lit an incense stick I still think it needs another one I opened the window dusted everything vacuumed my floor cleans my whole closet out <laughs> and I was like it's still not 100% right so something in here and I wonder if if it's because my clothes had been sitting in there and people's energy like attaches to your clothes it could it could be Honestly, I just was like, burn it all. The room has to go.
1: Exactly. And I know people are like, wait, why would you have to shower or like do anything like that? Like after you do like spiritual work or anything like that. And I always equate it to if you ever go into like a bar or any sort of establishment where they still allow smoking inside and you come out 10 minutes later, not even five, everything that you have on. Smells like cigarette smoke, even mm-hmm. your hair. So I think like that is the best kind of, you know, comparison and analogy that I can like make it to.
0: Yeah, it is. That's that's how it feels like I I think that's the best way to describe it. And maybe some of you can relate or when you come in contact with someone that's super negative with energy and you're like, I need to go shower or it's like when you get off of like a cross country flight and you're like, I yes. have plane funk all over me. Yes. I need to hop in a shower and hose off. No, you're so right. I think it's, it's closer to the plane ride when you're just like, you feel gross and you're like, I can't lay in my plane clothes in this clean bed. Yeah. These plane clothes gotta get rid of them. (laughs) No. So that's one thing we do. You know, if you're doing spiritual work, you're getting into, to just doing spell workings or divination, make sure you're actively cleansing your space because even your own energy, like gets stuck in here and it gets stagnant and you'll feel it. Like, you'll just be like, what's off in this room? You know, if something feels off, just cleanse, open a window. You don't even have to Mm -hmm. light an incense stick, just cleanse, do some cleaning, dust, move the energy. Yeah.
1: Even just like moving stuff around. If you want to re kind of like organize a room or anything like that, it could just flow better and like make your brain go, yep. That's what we needed.
0: Yeah. So that's one thing we do. And then I know we just kind of do a lot of self-care. Like I've been doing a lot of, um, I had to do a huge spiritual bath the other day, but I've just been resting, just being kind to myself. I haven't all last week. I could not work out once and working out has been like my form of, you know, helping my mind, but I couldn't Mm -hmm. because I was so tired from all the work I'd been doing. So try not to beat yourself up. If you can't get to certain things, no matter what kind of burnout you're in, you know, just listen to your body and understand what it needs. You know, if it needs sleep, go to bed. You know, I went to bed at 7.30 the other night. I was so tired. Yeah, honestly.
1: And I think that's the hardest part is being kind to yourself and Mm -hmm. understanding that, you know, it's okay that I am, you know, calling it quits at three o'clock instead of five o'clock. I am only doing X amount today. That is all okay. And I mean, well, it's a straight out call out for me, but you know, it is, a process and it is okay to you know do baby steps at a time and understand you know it is going to get you back on the right track and taking a day off of anything is not going to be the end of the world
0: yeah i still feel that way sometimes we're not even today i was like kind of panicking i'm like it's tuesday i run my own business i have to do something mm-hmm. well, oh it yeah. is a day off but like that's why i, I want to run my own business so i can make my own hours it's like wh- what are you talking about girl oh, yeah <laughs> girl, get it together. But yeah, anyway, spiritual burnouts are really, really um, big thing. And it can really mess with your mind when you are, I said this on a live once and I'm going to say it again. So let me use this as an example, because I think this is a good one. For example, if you are practicing psychic mediumship or you are working in death somehow with grief you tend to take on that energy and that current. So when I'm doing too many or 10 is doing too many psychic mediumship readings or working with too many spirits or doing, uh, whatever death work we need to do, it actually triggers my depression because the death current can be so filled with grief. Um, and I could be taking on that grief. Um, it takes my energy. It's a very, very calming, like, think about what death would feel like, you know, imagine immersing yourself in that for too long. Mm -hmm. Um, So be careful, even with the spirits or deities that you might be working with in spell workings or rituals, um, just understand they all come with their own currents and being exposed to divine energy or your ancestor's energy, ancestral trauma for too long can absolutely take a toll on your physical body. And no one talks about that. Nobody does. And I think
1: it needs to be normalized. I mean, a lot of stuff needs to be normalized, but I think that is not talked about because I don't think many people understand that there are different currents Mm -hmm. in a sense. And, you know, with every current, it's almost like, you know, being at the ocean where there could be like a riptide where it pulls you out and you have to get back to yourself. And it can, you know, with certain ones, it can almost be addicting and you have to, you know, pull your way out of it.
0: Yeah, and like if you know if you're working with spirit guides ancestors deities they'll help you with that. But just know if you're being told to be on a break, it's for a reason, right? Um and I learned this especially working with death. I mean, I love death work. I would immerse myself in death work every day if I could, but I can't because that energy can be so detrimental to me when I'm working with it for too long. So, think about that. You're reaching into the other side to communicate with somebody. Think about how much energy that takes to talk to a spirit that has crossed over. Yeah. Okay. And I intend, and and I do this for a living. So it's like, you really have to find the balance. And that's why, you know, some of you get upset when your deities are putting you on a break or spirit guides ancestors are like, no more spell workings, no more this, or telling you to be careful getting tiptoeing into different things. Right. Mm-hmm. But just be careful with yourself. Um, no matter what kind of burnout you're on, whether it be physical or, sp- or spiritual, take care of yourself.
1: Yeah. And on a similar kind of manner of, you know, leading into burnouts, um, I know, you know, we on paths, you know, whether it's in the physical or in the spiritual, you kind of come across, you know, some speed bumps that you hit going 80 and you land afterwards. And you're like, how the fuck do I keep going?
0: Like, I just took that pothole at 80. Like, holy shit. Dude, that was my whole two years, was just I was hitting a pothole. I was riding with no wheels. I like, at one point. You rode that bitch till the wheels came. I off. know. And my deities were like, keep going, keep going. And I'm like, the car is barely driving. <laughs>
1: but I mean, have you um had an instance, whether it be in work, in life, in your spiritual
0: path, where you
1: were like, holy fuck. Like I can
0: name five. I'll tell you right now, the most explosive thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, because everyone wants to go on a spiritual journey or wants to be devotees to deities and wants to do these things. And that's great. But let me tell you the truth. And I'm going to tell you the truth. You cannot get to that point until you go through tower moments. They are going to test your strength your endurance to see if you're actually cut out for something like this, because they will bestow upon you a lot of responsibility. Um, and it's not even deities, it's your ancestors, you know, say you want to run a spiritual business. Okay. But you have to be able to face anything, you know, so they're going to put you through it. Or maybe you're associating with people that aren't good for you. You know, they're going to remove them. So one major tower moment that I had right within the same year of receiving sight, Claire audience. I lose all of my friends. My spiritual team really said these people around you are terrible. And I've told this story many of times, cut them out. Okay. Mm -hmm. On top of this, I am running my own business one year in on top of that. Okay. On top of that, my parents are not handling this well of me quitting my job, mm-hmm. being able to see spirits and moving to a different state. All happened in one year. I okay. don't want to laugh. <laughs> well, I think sight I had for a little bit, a little bit of time. Um, I just didn't really acknowledge it, but it all happened within one year of time. I had like this huge, drastic 180 happen to me in my life. And on top of that, I was told by my spiritual team, I had to stop drinking like on the weekends binge drinking or I couldn't do this path. Yeah. So I went cold turkey.
1: I I'm so impressed like you truly are like an inspiration with that like to just stop.
0: And on top of this, I'm going to tell you my paranormal story afterwards that is going on while this is all oh, happening. This is happening while all this is happening so you guys think it's easy i'm not trying to scare you and i i don't think anything's gonna be this extreme for anybody would happen to me but maybe it might but that's why when i say (laughs) y'all i've been through some tower moments to get here this is what i mean so i'm gonna una reverse what what kind of endurance have you been put through (laughs) like I'm going to go a different route because
1: I love kind of going to the opposite end of the spectrum. So while Chelsea is going through truly hell, um, I'm going to be going through hell on the physical aspect of, you know, how did I want to continue to be an archaeologist?
0: I think it's, I think it's a really good balance because it's like, man, it's life. It's, it's
1: crazy, man. And me tell you. So with my undergrad program, you are required to go to a dig school so that you can get it on your resume that yes, you have um, professional experience digging in the field. So my school had a dig out in Cyprus. Cool, 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 cool. So between my junior and senior year, I go out to Cyprus and I'm digging. It's my first time like across the world, like in the Mediterranean. And During that time period, it was 2015, that was when ISIS and ISIL were really kind of at their zenith for that time period. And they were on the Eastern Mediterranean, especially heavily in Syria, destroying archaeological sites. You can look at the site of Palmyra. And at that time period, they were and they did, unfortunately, execute publicly the Director of Antiquities. For the site of palmyra because he would not tell them where he sent all of the antiquities from the site he had worked with museums to get these artifacts out of the country before they were destroyed forever so he was publicly executed i'm in cyprus pull up a map cyprus is right off the coast of syria and during that time period we did have you know security at the site but we didn't have the news in front of us constantly showcasing Mm -hmm. it Um, so you have that aspect. I worked very close to the DMZ, the demilitarized zone, because Cyprus is a divided country. And there's Turkish watchtowers right in my line of sight. And if you get too close, they will fire off warning shots. Um, and we're working at this site. We're living in a local high school in the gym. We're just sleeping on army cots. And I remember one morning I walk into the locker room, the woman's locker room, to shower and I shit you not there is a spider in there its body was as big as a softball oh no no, no. its legs leg span must have been two feet it was yeah. colored like a zebra I could have had a shotgun and that thing would have taken my gun and shot me <laughs>
0: yeah no thank you I'm good on spiders I, I am arachnophobic and at the site um When you usually
1: dig, if you're for the off season, you put tarps over like a lot of the big things like walls or anything. And we were told that when you pick up the tarp at the beginning of the season, you have to run when you pull it up because there could be pit vipers underneath. And we are about half an hour,
0: 45 minutes from a hospital. this, Indiana Jones? Jesus Christ. And we're 45 minutes from a hospital where they're antivenomists. Um. So run fast.
1: Then, oh, it keeps going. Then there's centipedes that if you get bit by them, you will get sick. Um, We are given like a yard of rebar, like a metal pole to poke into the snake holes to let them know that we're coming in or
0: for spiders to kind of knock on their house and be like, hello, archaeologists coming in. I'm showing up. Please don't pop out at me because I pee my pants um I will piss everywhere (laughs) (laughs) and I remember I was taking
1: out backfill which is just dirt um in a bag out of a pit and somebody was holding me by my short loops my belt loops so I was using a ladle And all of a sudden, I'm halfway into this pit with my butt sticking out, being held on by my loops, and this massive spider comes out, and I'm just screaming like, "You have to pull me out now! You have to pull me out now!" No, I have fallen off of balks, which are like the dirt paths that you take around the site. I've fallen into two thousand year old pits, and we had to do our laundry out of buckets. So, I had to ask
0: myself at the end of that summer. Is this what I want to do with my Is this is this for me? Because now I'm reconsidering, uh, do I want to get bit by a snake? That and I believe it was my
1: second season one because I went back <laughs> um yeah. a few years later as a supervisor and my director, we were over at part of the site, we were looking at a feature, a wall, and she's like, Oh, there's a snake over there. Like, be careful. I'm like, Okay. She's like, it's a garden snake. Fine. She looks again. She's like, I need everybody to run as fast as they can in the opposite direction. And she's like, it is an asp, which is one of the most dangerous snakes ever. It is in the Indiana Jones movie, the first one. And it looks like it's sand. It is camouflaged beautifully, but sand is moving towards you. No. And it is moving
0: fast. I'm and- just thinking of the Alaskan bullworm and like SpongeBob <laughs> coming after me. Yeah, just like... Meow. So I turned into Hussein Bolt. Like I, I am the fastest person alive. Dude, no, no.
1: And I've just—it was 120 almost every day, and I would just sit in like a 2,000-year-old pit
0: and just be like, mm, "This is my life." No, this is my life, sitting in dirt with snakes. Yeah, it makes me wonder. Um, you know, why <laughs> did we keep going? You know, why? Why? and i think it's because when you find something i'm not going to speak for you but when i found something i was so passionate about which was i wanted to understand death and i wanted to do these things and i knew this is what my path was going to be i just obviously didn't know you know the trials and tribulations to go with it yeah. um i didn't give up because i had my spirits that i work with behind me every step of the way even when i had the support of nobody you know when nobody mm-hmm. cared, or like when no- everyone was like, You're insane. I was like, You know what? Yeah, maybe I am, but insane people make it. So, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody
1: saw me being able to do that. um I don't think a lot of people were like, You know, archaeology is like not a lot of money. Like, where are the jobs kind of deal, which, you know, are real questions to ask. But I remember just being out there in 120 degrees, sweating from my knees and being like, this is where I'm meant to be. And I love it. it just hits you out of nowhere. Like you could be in the most crazy place ever. Like granted, we were almost, I was almost shot a few times because we wandered into like a bad area. I'll tell you about it one time, but, and you're sitting there and you're like,
0: this can't be real, but I wouldn't change this for the world. <laughs> Yeah, you found something you're passionate about. And when you're passionate about something, you know, this is why Ted and I always tell you, make sure you know who you are. Because if you don't know who you are and you think, you know, you should be doing something and it's like, because everyone else is doing it, but then you actually find out you don't like it. You're not going to have the heart to do it anymore. So, um, mm. I think that goes with any profession. It's not even just like, you know, being in spiritual work an archaeologist. you know, I think about people that work in the ER. I'm like, what, why do you guys want to do that? <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I can't see blood. I'm out. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't, you know, you don't, you don't know what's going to walk through the door or people that work in like vet offices. I would be so upset having to like work on animals, but you have to have a certain heart for the things that you're doing. And it's like, figure out what that is. And that could be really hard and you're going to be tested. You know, I'm sure everyone can get up here on our podcast and say a crazy story they've been through. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, it can, it can truly be anything
1: and everything. And I'm also a firm believer. If you don't like what you're doing, age is, but a number you can go out there no matter how old you are and do whatever you want.
0: Yeah, you can, you just have to have the Heart, Like I said, you have to have the strength. You have to be brave and courageous because not everything is going to go your way. You know, like I said, I, this is only a uh, scoop of what I've been through. This is one tower. I I have five more that happened after this. So it's like, but they've all been to better me and like make me learn and understand that I don't need to be doing what other people wanted me to do. I don't need to be friends with people because we would go out on the weekends together. You know, it's like, I'd rather just be alone and do my own shit and talk to spirits. So. Yeah,
1: 100%. Yeah, this is one crazy experience. Just one season of my yeah, career. Like, and it gets crazier and I think once you are so certain about who you are and what you're doing, you almost kind of enjoy the ride and you're like, "You know what? What else do you have because now, now I'm going to make a crazy ass book about my experiences."
0: <laughs> yeah, now I have a really good story to write and I actually saw some like this quote that came up on my like TikTok today and it was like um don't think about how hard it is. Think about the amazing success story you're going to have, like a story that you can write in a book. And I truly, (laughs) I'm going to write a memoir one day because I haven't even told everyone half of the things that I've been through. Like I plan on writing a memoir, I think.
1: I would love to write like a, like a Ned's Declassified Archaeology (laughs) Survival Guide. And just the crazy shit that not only I've been through, but you know, on excavations or just like study seasons abroad and like doing it with friends who you also like when you have somebody there to witness it happen you both look at each other and are like that can't have just happened but it did because
0: there's a witness to it yeah and why am I still here how am I still how am I still here (laughs) yeah so as we continue with a how am I still here story um I think it's time to dive into the paranormal section. I know a lot of you have been waiting and asking us, are you guys going to talk about another paranormal story? Are you going to talk about anything spooky? Well, I'm here to tell you, I got one story left in my, in my uh, repertoire here. Um, this one's kind of funny, but it wasn't funny in the moment. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I can go first because I have a personal story and then I
1: have a story from Reddit. Um, so my story um, comes from my undergrad days and my college is over 200 years old, um, was one of the first 50 colleges in America. So it's had a long ass history, right? And I was in a sorority. Uh, maybe one day we'll talk about how Chelsea and I were both in a sorority. Bet you didn't have, <laughs> you have that. Card. Bet
0: you didn't know I was present in my sorority. Didn't have that on our bingo cards now, did we? I also was a cheerleader, <laughs> not in college, like back in the day. But anyway, continue.
1: Um. So I, since I was living in a sorority, I had to live with the sorority on a certain dorm floor. So we're in there. It's a pretty old dorm, and I remember like just you would hear a lot of stuff. And with how old the college is, you're like, ah, eh, what? It, it could be the pipes. It could be the building. I don't know. It might just be creaking a little bit. Might be creaking when the wind blows, but I remember um, one day I was a sophomore and I was laying in my bed and I was dead asleep. My roommate was not there. And I remember feeling a tug on my hoodie. Hell no. And it was almost like when a child will like come up to you, like kindergarten, pre-K, and they just kind of do the tug it felt like that. And I almost like, I was like, like, you're like, I'm not, I'm too tired right now. Like, please come back later. And I was just so like nonchalant about it to the point where I had done it, gone back to sleep, shot up in my bed and was looking around. Like, was it my roommate? Did she need help? Like I'm a bad roommate at that point. Right. Um, nobody was there. Door was locked. And I was like, it was a ghost boy. (laughs) Love that. Um, and at that point, there had been more experiences with that younger spirit in that room because everybody knows those college university desks that everybody's given. Yes. I was sitting at my desk, i um, working on a paper. The light was behind me. So my shadow was on the wall and I'm writing my paper. And all of a sudden I don't feel this, but I see the shadow of my hair being pulled up like that.
0: Oh no, no, no. No, you know what? <laughs> no. That that is some shit. You know what I mean? Like, come <laughs> on. Why do they have to be doing that? And it felt
1: playful. Like you could almost yeah. feel like the playful giggles, but I like looked over and my hair was sticking up like that. Did you say anything? Were you like put my hair down? I just kind of like brushed it down and I was like, "Hey, like I am really trying to like work on this like We can play later or like you, you can go to a different room. Um, You can get (laughs) the hell out of here. (laughs) But I was like, I have some stuff um, under my bed if you want to play with it. And then I was left alone. But that room was 100% haunted by definitely a little kid.
0: Yeah. And I noticed with children's spirits, because I work mostly with children's spirits, that they just want to be acknowledged and they are just being playful. But some people take it as like, it's a demon. It's trying to giggle in my ear. No, it's just a child that probably had a very tragic death. Um, But you know, it's interesting. My college was also really old and they always said it was haunted, but I mm-hmm. never stayed in like the old area. I always was in like the newer. Um, So I'm sure... I'm sure some people have had experiences at college because some of them are really old, you know, from like the 1800s. I mean, yeah, that's when my college went up. So same. So was mine. So I wonder.
1: And Lindsay, whose house spirit we had talked about, her husband, his father was the head of security at our college. So I'm going to have to ask him some questions about any paranormal experiences.
0: You really should. Also, this just reminded me, um, someone in my family works at a college or university, and I wonder if they have any paranormal stories I feel like colleges have paranormal in them. Like some of them have paranormal activity or, or ghosts or things like that, depending on when they were built. I don't see why they wouldn't. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, Gettysburg college is hella haunted. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. That <laughs> whole The whole place, we did all episode on that. That whole place is just off the charts. Like it is the ghost town. It's where the ghosts come out and play. So yeah. Crazy. Well, that's crazy. And that's also kind of scary.
1: Yeah. So I didn't really put two and two together until like maybe a few hours after it happened. And I was like, that's when I kind of like scared myself, but it had already
0: happened. I was like, why am I getting scared after? Because I think it takes a while for your brain to process it of like, oh wow. I think I actually just had a paranormal experience, but you're trying to like make sense of it. And there is no sense to make of it. Cause you're like, no. And then you start gaslighting yourself. You're like, I didn't see that happen. But then you're like, no, I did because I'm scared. Because I'm scared. And And who would would just make up that their hair is floating? (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Especially when you're like doing work, you know? Oh, yeah. But what is
1: your final paranormal story? All right, listen, buckle up,
0: everybody. Because this... You I I know a lot of you are gonna look at me and be like, How are you even doing spiritual work and magic anymore? And honestly, I had a lot of trauma around doing magic. I told you about the love spell that went wrong. I'm gonna talk about it again on Patreon. Um, and now I perform love magic and I didn't actually practice witchcraft for a really long time um because of a lot of the things that I had been through. But anyway, let me tell you about Chelsea's beginner 101 mistakes. All right. The blueprint is don't be me. <laughs> so <laughs> Don't be me. Okay, so one of I, I was able to read tarot. I've been reading Tarot for a very long time. I've told this yes. multiple times. i I've read Tarot before I even did any witchcraft. So I always just considered myself a tarot reader. And um, this is actually something that happened um before the Parasites story, I think.
1: hmm
0: Um, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, timeline doesn't matter. I can't even remember because I was so traumatized. Anyway, so one of my friends um, contacted me. I actually think it was after, anyway, it was after, okay. This was like the cherry on top. One of my friends contacted me and she was like, um, Hey, like, I know you're into the paranormal and you know, you're, you're like a psychic medium and you know, you work with tarot. One of my friends I think is having an entity problem in her house. Like, do you think you can do a reading for her and see? I have no protections set in my house. I hadn't been practicing witchcraft. Um, I still hadn't learned my lesson apparently of don't mess with things that you don't understand. So I start pulling cards on this girl and she had been telling how she thinks something demonic is in her house. And here's my ass. It's like, let me whip out my tarot deck. I have no protection set. (laughs) Ten's looking at me like, are you fucking for real right now? Like you really just said I'm raw dogging it. I did. I did. And I don't know why I felt the need to insert myself into something, but anytime I've done something, it's genuinely because I was trying to help somebody else. So I start whipping out my tarot deck. Here are the cards that come out. And I remember it clear as day. Remember, I'm like, a, I'm very good at reading tarot. Yeah. The tower, the devil, the three of swords and the seven of swords all come out in the same spread. It's like the worst cards you can get. Pack up. Thank you. And good night. So this girl was like telling me her trauma. She was like, I just moved into this apartment and I'm telling you there's something evil here. Like something demonic is in my space. Like, I don't know what it is. So all of a sudden, as I'm pulling cards, the energy in my space shifts and I'm living with my parents at this point in time. No. Yeah. I'm getting the chills thinking about it. I'm sorry if you're scared and I feel it laughing at me. And I still was trying to hone in on my gifts of like seeing and hearing. So I knew like that I had let something into my space. So it's messing with me. It's like telling me these really, really horrible things in my brain. Like it's, I I hear it like communicating with me and I almost felt it like breathing down my neck. It was trying to scare me. So I'm telling you, this is a real life thing that happened to me. So I text the girl and I'm like, Hey, like I'm about to tell her, I think it's in my (laughs) space. She goes, you know, what's so weird. The energy just shifted in my apartment. I don't think it's here anymore. I don't know what you did. And I'm like, because it's with me i have it i'm babysitting it for you come pick up your demon your girl's off the clock yeah yeah so i just didn't know what to do and the moment of panic had struck me and i was stricken with fear because i knew i let something into my space and i'm living with my parents my brother is in the next room my parents are sleeping and i'm like i let something dangerous into this household and like i don't know what the fuck to do and i don't have any other friends that practice witchcraft We're all just like dabbling in spirituality being like, I got this rose quartz crystal. There's no one I can call. So I'm like, all right, buck up, man. You got to do something. So I whip my tarot deck across the room. I start freaking out and I know it's in my space. I feel it. And it's probably watching me being like, what is she going to do? I don't know why my mind goes to this, but my dad went to Ireland like A couple years before this, and he brought me back this holy water from (laughs) this like very old well in Ireland that's said to have blessed water. So I have it in my jewelry box still. I didn't know what to do with it. (laughs) So I take it, it's in like this like (laughs) container, like this travel container, you put your shampoo in. It's crazy. And I start throwing the holy water in the corners of the room, being the power of Christ compels you, is what I'm saying. And I feel it laughing at me. It's not even leaving. Does it (laughs) does it Jay? Does it really? So I don't know what to do at this point. I'm crying. I'm literally crying. I'm sobbing. This thing is like taunting me and I can't get it out of my space. I have no idea how to do a banishment, nothing. So all of a sudden I swear to fucking God, one of my deities, I guess that hadn't stepped forward at the time, chucked it out the window. Like I actually felt them fighting and it went right out of my window and I was able to feel the energy go right by me. It went whoosh Mm -hmm. right out my window. And I was fine after that. And I don't, I know like who it was now, but like at the time I wasn't even doing deity work. I had like no clue. Um, but I could not sleep. I slept with the lights on. Okay. And I like every night before I went to bed for a whole week, I would anoint the corners of my room with like this holy water. Cause I was so scared. Oh my God. It was a really terrifying thing, but it was like, I was literally running around my house being like the power of Christ compels you it didn't compel shit. (laughs) Like you have to, you have to say Bible verses with that. Now that I study folk magic, I didn't activate anything. I was just using Jesus's name with no Jesus. (laughs) When Jesus gets here, he's going to be really upset. (laughs) Yeah. So dude, but when I tell you, oh my God, I like wound up communicating with my ancestors the next day. I got the reaming out of a lifetime. They were like, are you fucking stupid? Like it was a lesson I had to learn of like do not yeah. read people's energy and you're I know you're trying to help somebody but you have no protection set so you know my ass the next months after that I went heavily into protection magic oh yeah I would not have left like the protection like top I didn't circle, for a whole year <laughs> for a whole year based on the stories I've told you about my love spell gone wrong the parasites and now this I I'm telling you like. You all know I work heavily with Hikate. When she showed up to to remove my trauma around witchcraft because she did, I like was afraid to do anything. And I wouldn't for a really long time. Oh my God. I yeah.
1: I don't know if I would have been okay after that. Like it would have had to um I would have had to have the lights on forever.
0: So what I did do, um I actually practiced banishing and um, cleansing and setting protections for a really long time. So I felt better and I'm like, I excel in protection magic now. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things. Um, But I don't, I think this is why I don't have a fear anymore because I know that it is fixable nine times out of 10 and you can fix it. And I know now, like based on the stories I've told you about negative entities, parasites, this was a lesser demon actually. Yes. You heard me a demon. It was a lesser demon, not mm-hmm. any sort of like infernal being. Um, but I know how to now remove it. So I don't think I'm afraid anymore. It's more or less like you're going to come into my space and you're going to get sent to the sun. Cause I know how to do it now. We're going to tussle. Gonna but you have details. to find that strength, you know? So, <laughs> Oh man, what? That was the last paranormal story I ever had. I don't even know <laughs> if my dad's listening. I don't even think I ever told him this. So Surprise. Sorry, I was doing witchcraft in the house. (laughs) Sorry, I had no protection set. But. Oh my God. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, even to your story, it's like, why did we even continue going? But I had trauma for a really long time. Like I was too scared to do anything. Ever.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I. No, thanks. I, I actually don't know what I would have done in that moment. Like, you know, fight or flight or fee- flee, I don't know what I would have done.
0: I don't think anybody knows until you're in the situation. And now, like, I look back on it and I laugh and I'm like, girl, you were messing with the wrong kind of shit. But it happens. I mean... Most practitioners that are go throughout their time practicing have stories of like spells going wrong or letting things into their house because they didn't properly do protections or getting tricked. you know? Oh yeah. I also have the trickster story. So it's like, you guys, listen, I've had to learn. And I, I sometimes sit and think like, why did I have to go through that? But I, I communicate with spirits and entities for a living. So it's like, I have to be able to differentiate when I'm talking to something, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I do witchcraft for a living. We do this for a living. I have to be able to know these things. And if someone ever came to me with a problem about this, I'd be able to solve it. And I've had people come to me Mm -hmm. and be like, I think there's something in my space. Like my dad's really good friend did. And I banished that shit to kingdom come. And it's like, you got to take your power back somehow.
1: Yeah. And realize, hey, I learned from this. Now I'm going to use it to help out and understand, you know, this is what it was always meant to be. And I'm going to use myself as an example for, you know, Others to come.
0: Yeah, and like I said, I'll always be super honest with you on here, you know, whether you believe my story or not, but it's it's real shit that happened. I had real trauma from it. I mean, it's it's scary. Um, oh yeah, so there's a, go ahead. There's sorry. a lot of scary things out there. And to kind
1: of end this podcast, I wanted to end it on one of the things out there that scares me, um, because my brain can't comprehend it
0: well hold on before you go into that yes I kind of want to do um the listener Q&A that we have really quick or oh yes 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 for the end um what was the thing you were going to talk about was it doppelgangers no
1: it's black-eyed children
0: dude <laughs> I don't know if I can hear this right now I'm scared it's sunny out <laughs> i'm scared all right hold on let's let's do these um we have a few listener q a in our inbox from the polls that we took on instagram and i i we said we were gonna put them in the episode so i think we should do this first okay Give people a slight break and then move on to the next <clears throat> scary thing perfect okay ten this one is for you so um someone asked how often are you actually digging in the ground is that part of your work so how often are you actually like recovering items and digging Um, so it
1: depends, um, one, it's going to depend on many different things. Um, one, the country that you are going to be working in, um, what are their kind of digging rules? Because some countries, you know, like Egypt, their dig seasons are, could go almost all year long. So you could be professionally working on a dig site all year if that's your decision. Um, but the ones that I have worked on, it's usually in the summertime, So the longest one that I was on, I left beginning of June and came back halfway through August. Um, But it's usually during the summertime because a lot of the directors of the digs who are running the site, they're usually professors or, you know, academics in their own right. So they kind of have to go with the school session of summers, their free time. So When I was actively doing it, it was – I did it in 2015, 2017, 2018, and 2019. 2018 and 2019 were study seasons, so I wasn't in the dirt. I was cataloging um, items from digs that were going into the museum. So I was handling lead objects. I was handling, you know – uh, gold. I was handling jewelry. I was handling all of this stuff that was going to be going into a museum. 2020 came around. I was supposed to be digging, but of course the pandemic shut down.
0: Everything Makes sense. I actually always wondered that. And I don't think I've ever asked you that question either. I never asked you like, how long do you, do you how long are you digging for? Or what are you actually doing? I don't know why I never, <laughs> I always thought about it. And I think I forget that I never asked you that. So that was a good question.
1: Cause I too yeah. did not know the answer to that.
0: <laughs> um, And then I have one for me. So this one actually made me laugh because when we were like, oh, we don't have anything taboo to talk about. It's like this whole episode has just been a crazy fucking ride from archeology span and digging to like letting spirits into your house. Um, Have you had any spirits that you encounter who end up just kind of hanging around? So yes and no. Um, I do encounter spirits, but not as much as you you all probably think it's not like every day I wake up and I'm talking to a new spirit. Um, but I do actually have a rotation of spirits that are allowed in my space and home, but this is the caveat. They do do things for me. So, um, Mm -hmm. it's not like they're just freeloading in my space. I do not allow spirits to just sit in my space. Um, you do know that I help, um, sometimes cross lost souls over. So sometimes I do house souls that are lost Um, but I do have my own special boundaries with that, but yeah, there are a few spirits that I've made a really good connection with and I just like, could not let go of, or they, they chose to stay here, but I just couldn't like say goodbye. So we got along really well and they wanted to help me. It gives them purpose while they're here and they have somebody to talk to. So, um, I know that sounds really insane sometimes, but you know, I like to make connections with spirits. I never, ever like look at them and try to banish them. I always think like, you know, how can we work together? And if you don't want to work with me, then I'll see you. It was nice coming across your path, you know? Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for how chatting I,
1: with me. How can I help you or how would you like to help me?
0: Yeah. So, um, I do actually have a few <clears throat> spirits that do stick around, but it's not like, I think this is also a misconception. I don't see them 24 seven. Like yeah. they are here. I'm sure they do their own thing. They come in and out, but they're not like sitting in my corner all day. Like you playing video games?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not like Casper is in your corner every single day.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, to be fair, I come across so many beings and deities and spirits, and this house just always has something going on. But that's why boundaries and and spirit communication is so incredibly important because sometimes they want to stay a little too long. So <laughs> anyway, that was it for our questions.
1: Oh, is that it? Okay. I didn't know if they were any more pressing questions.
0: No, another one was, um, I didn't really look through them all, but someone was like, how do you get through a tower moment? And this is the whole podcast episode. You just do.
1: And then you get to make funny jokes about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You just have to keep going and trust that it's going to work out for you. But in the moment, it can seem like the utmost terrifying thing that goes on. And you're like, that's it. I'm thrown in the towel, but... Are you going to throw in the towel or have you worked so hard to be here? Are you going to keep going?
1: Yeah. And you have to understand like, when is it good to keep going? And to the opposite of that, when is it okay to recognize, Hey, this isn't for me. I got to stop.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you, the tower is telling you that, you know what, this just isn't for you and that's okay. You know, like I've had a few of those towers of like, this is not something you actually enjoy doing. You're doing it because you think you have to be doing it. So yeah. Pump the brakes, ma'am. We're gonna put you on this path instead. So, yeah, nope. just take that into consideration. Um, do you have anything else?
1: Nothing but just the sc- the story. Wow, I can speak. You want to? Do you want to tell the story?
0: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because
1: we've we've already teased it long enough. <laughs> All right, can't let the good listeners down. Go ahead. So, Chelsea, have you ever heard of black-eyed children? No. So, black-eyed children. Um, is a bit of an urban legend, um, but they are found across cultures and throughout the world. And what they really are is they look just like children. They can be anywhere from like six years old to like kindergarten age, all the way up to like mid teenager, like 16, but it is, you know, a child and they usually approach your front door at the darkest time, like darkest of night. Your front light might not be working all of the time. They could be walking up to your car when you are waiting for something, you know, a light to change, anything like that. And what's interesting about them is that everybody has the same kind of story, that you allow them to come this close to you because you think that they need help, right? You see a child come up to you. Where's your mom? Do you need help? And they don't look threatening, but they really want to get in to your car, to your space, to your house, and that is where the most insistent stuff comes. So um, they usually come in, but the biggest thing that trips people up is where all your white is, the entire part of your eye is black. It's like that black eye filter on TikTok. Thanks. So we have that. So- This is coming from Reddit, and this is coming from a user who has never really felt inclined by the paranormal, but something about this changed his mind. And I also want your take at the end of this story. Like, what do you think these children are? So, last night was like any other night. I was switching between listening to music and watching YouTube videos with one headphone in so I could hear my infant daughter if she cries. That way, my wife can get a full night's sleep since she works at 4 a.m. at the hospital every single day. We love a supportive dad. Mm -hmm. When I decide to go lay down in the spare bed in the baby's room, just as I dozed off, I heard a thumping coming from the front porch. Startled at first, I opened my eyes wide and scanned the entire room. Realizing it was most likely my cat scratching himself on the front porch, I dozed back off. Then again, the thumping. Damn cat, I get out of my bed and run him off the porch only to see that he was never there. Now that I was up again, I wasn't tired at all. I figured I'd just get some tea and check social media while I'm up, maybe finish the web series that I was currently watching on YouTube. A few minutes into the video, I felt a sudden urge to look up at the kitchen window and there they were. The tops of two short statured peoples cresting the stairs just above my window frame. The people were just short enough not to see the window, but I could see out. I heard no footsteps on my porch as my stomach turned, but the knock, the knock was a steady, hollow thump. The very same thump I had blamed on my cat earlier. Deciding it was best not to answer, I shut my laptop and crept back by the door back to the baby's room. I assumed it was one of those people from the um, low-income housing across the road, and they could have been high or maybe hiding from cops or the police. The last thing I needed was to try and explain to these two individuals that it was 2 a.m. and I wasn't going to open the door. It wasn't until I got to my daughter's room that the creepiness set in. The thump had moved from my kitchen to the bedroom windows. Both windows, a room apart, thumping in perfect time. These people are going to wake up my daughter if I didn't tell them to knock it off. Pissed, I went out to the kitchen, unlocked and opened the door, ready to run to the side of the house and kick some ass. And then it happened. Standing there looking up at me were two 10 or 11-year-old boys. The feeling of dread and the smell of mold almost made me vomit. No, I'm scared. The smaller of the two then spoke. May we use your telegraph? Huh? I just stared blankly back at them, horrified of what I then realized. Their eyes were pitch black. He asked again to use my telegraph. There wasn't a sound to be heard, no crickets chirping, no dogs barking, no cars driving by, nothing. I tried to play it cool and ignore the fact that he didn't say telephone or phone or even cell. Anything that would have made any sense of the situation and calmly replied, I don't have service at my house, sorry. The expressions on their faces turned into rage as I finished my sentence. Swiftly, I shut the door and locked it as quickly as I could, then stumbled back to protect my daughter. I picked her up from the crib and held her close. The fact that she didn't wake up freaked me out the most, but I managed to gather my senses enough to make sure that she was still breathing and warm. Everything seemed to be okay with her. The thumping on the windows was back. I dropped to the floor as close to the wall as I could and held my little girl in my arms and wept like a child. I felt totally helpless and afraid. I lied there for what felt like hours and hours shaking my head until I heard it, my wife's alarm clock. The thumping stopped the instant the alarm went off and I crept into the master bedroom with my child. What's wrong with you? My wife asked. I just had a bad dream is all I could mutter out. Okay, well, let me have the baby so I can feed her before I go to work. I handed my wife the baby and she fed her like any other normal day i turned on every light in the house and made coffee for her for some reason just having her awake calmed my nerves enough to pretend like nothing ever happened i walked her out to her car nervously and i asked her not to leave until i walked back into the house she was put off by my request but did so to humor me once i was safely in the house i locked the door again and in the house i sat there horrified until she got home i insisted we go to the next town over and stay the weekend at my brother's house And here I still am horrified while she sleeps in the guest room with my daughter, wondering why they stopped when the alarm went off. And I think I know the answer. I was aware of black eyed children and she wasn't. Every story I've heard about them is from someone who already knew about them. Maybe just my knowledge of them existing is the only reason that they choose to visit. I'm afraid and I'm sorry.
0: Great. Thanks for bestowing this knowledge on us all what do you think about that? Um, I personally don't know because I like believe in different types of entities and spirits and things like that, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm sold on this one, to be honest with you. I think people love a good ghost story and I'm not trying to invalidate someone else's experience, but I don't know. And I've seen a lot of shit as you can see. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I don't know. I I don't really know if I have an opinion. Um, like I said, I'm not one to kind of like delve into ghost stories because I live a ghost story. So <laughs> I, I don't know. If I don't experience it, it's sort of less just to not exist in my mind. But I don't know. It kind of sounded like a perfectly quaffed story
1: to me. I did. But a lot of them do have all of the same things. They're always asking to come in to use something and then never, never there.
0: Yeah, I, I think they could possibly be real, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. Interesting. I'm not sure. Um, I think maybe I don't want to think about it because it's scary and I don't (laughs) like scary stories. Um, and the sun is going down. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not sure, but Could be real. Could not be real. The jury's out. I always look at everything with a very keen eye, but I'm also obviously a very open person and understand that sometimes there's things that we just can't explain. I just don't get how they can't get into your house. You know, if you don't have a ward set, would they have to be invited in? Is that part of their stick? Like, I'm not sure.
1: So I do think a lot of these stories are coming from people who are not into witchcraft or anything, but Asking permission to come in seems like a huge thing, almost kind of in the same sense as like vampires, like Mm -hmm. you need to almost invite them in. So um, I do find it interesting that they know the form that will get them the most attention and
0: allow them the highest chance to get into that space yeah right I don't think they're actual kids that's not my no. first instinct so yeah I mean this goes to show with anything you know don't let anyone in your house unless it's like you know for certain and I'm not even talking about spiritually you know um, get rid I'm of your perfect. welcome mats yeah I mean I also have weird thoughts about that too I mean you can I don't want to cause fear for people if you have a welcome mat nothing's gonna happen to you um but you know just be careful just be careful. Yeah. Just be careful. But yeah, anyway, that's that's my thoughts on that story. I'm just like, eh, yeah. could be true, could <laughs> not be. It's a good ghost story. Yeah. But we'll see.
1: We'll see. Anyway, <laughs> did you
0: have anything else you wanted to add to this episode of our spooky spiritual burnout? Why, why do we still do the things that we do, especially when this could be an entity we come in contact with? True. That's- I think the spookiest thing is,
1: I guess, just the unknown. And, you know, the spookiest and the hardest thing is, just getting back up.
0: Yeah. That's the spooky. That's the whole scariest part of it all is keep going. And sometimes yeah. you don't know where you're going. So, um, well we hope that, you know, this provides you with some empowerment and some courage to go on your path. You know, a, a lot of you are not going to experience the same things as us and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't give up. I always get that question. How do you give, how do you not give up? Yeah. How do you keep going? It's like, man, I don't know. I just did it. So I just do. You got to find it within yourself, but thank you again for listening to us on another episode of sticks and bones, subscribe to our YouTube channel, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us um, a review in the Apple store. Don't forget to rate our podcast, share it with a friend, and we'll see you next time on the next episodes of sticks and bones. Bye everybody. Bye. Hopefully we didn't scare you too much. Bye.